Thanks for tuning in. 99 for One is a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Now for today's podcast, here's Will Cravens. All right. Hey, uh, here we are, uh, season one, episode five, and got with me today a friend by the name of Nick Burgard. How you doing, Nick? I'm doing great, Will. Thanks for letting me join you. Now, now you never did a homeless trip with me, but uh, Nick has done uh, three trips with us. We do to uh, Valdense, Uruguay, where we, we call it serving the servants. We actually serve people that work with the poor in hopes that they don't quit. So uh, welcome, Nick. Thanks. It's great to be here. And uh, yeah, it's been a real pleasure hearing all your stories and listening to the podcast, too, to hear some of them told again from a different point of view. I appreciate that. Um, you know, uh, question. I, I mean, I, uh, last week uh, in our last podcast, uh, Steve talked about um, this idea of people's stories and who we meet. And he mentioned one one guy that impacted him named Tom, and he's going to come back probably next week uh, and talk about Tom, or, or I'll have another friend named Paul talk about Tom. But um, this week, like of all the people you've heard about from all the 13 trips we've made to date, um, is there anybody who stands out to you? Yeah, it would absolutely have to be Kyle. His story is one that's just stuck with me and continues to impact me on a regular basis. Yeah, now for those of you that uh, are not familiar or haven't read 99 for One uh, yet, uh, Kyle was a guy I met on our uh, second trip. Uh, first homeless trip where Steve and Brian and I went and Brian had left on a Wednesday and Steve and I were still homeless uh, through Friday and Saturday morning we flew home but on late uh, Thursday afternoon we were sitting in uh, we were sitting in uh, Ocean Beach in a park and uh, just wiped out, man, because you don't sleep a lot when you're trying to sleep at night and people wake you up, like I said before, like the police or somebody else. And um, and, and so, we, yeah, we, we, uh, we're a little thrown. Yeah, when it's, when it's cold outside and the wind's blowing, like, uh, you know, we've been down here serving servants and in this weather, I, I can't even imagine how, how you guys get any sleep on those trips. And, uh, you know, just... Being being wrecked physically makes your mind, you know, hurt more emotionally as well. Yeah, I would say uh, you, the the lack of sleep, the lack of food, and the the always uh, looming presence of potential danger mm -hmm. does kind of play on your emotions, your physical, uh, uh, you know, condition and so forth. So we're we're sitting there, we're wiped out, we're laying in the grass, and we see this kid named Kyle. And I'd met him earlier in the week, and he, he was clearly wrestling with some drug addiction. But this time I saw him partying with some, we were looking over, and there's a group of kids partying on the beach. And he walked out of their circle, and he walked about 10 yards away from me and Steve, and he began to vomit. And uh, it's one thing, you know, I've seen somebody get sick before, but what took me uh, just aback was he finished vomiting, he put his hands on his knees, and he was staring into his vomit, and then uh, without warning, I just looked over, and uh, Kyle reached into his vomit, and he 
he grabbed some vomit and he put it back in his mouth and started to eat. And I, at that point, Steve and I still hadn't spoken. We were silent, uh, just kind of speechless. So, so what did you guys think about doing next? I mean, I, if I'm sitting there seeing somebody throwing up and doing that, I'm, I'm probably ready to turn away and just be out of that area. Well, you know, at first I was curious. I, I just said, man, this guy's got to be hungry to eat vomit. That's nasty. But Steve was quick to figure out what was going on. He said, no, 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 Will. Um, Kyle's not eating his vomit. He's, he's re-ingesting the pills that he just took to get high. And he so badly wants to be high that he will eat pills out of his own vomit. So back to your question, what do we do? I, I just, I was moved for the kid. I, I saw him... He, he ate the pills out of his vomit, then he vomited a second time, and then I I just called over to him and said, hey, Kyle, hey, buddy, come here, come here. And he came over, and I said, how you doing? And he said, oh, not good, man. I just vomited. I said, yeah, I saw that. It was really, it was really gross. Um, and so, you know, Steve and I just chatted him up a minute, and I said, why don't you take a seat? And all right, somebody just, some kind person serving the servants, as you just said a minute ago, had come by and brought Steve and I both a bologna sandwiches in these uh, Ziploc bags, and we're giving them the homeless, and we were homeless at that point. So uh, I offered Kyle a bologna sandwich, and he took a bite, and he said, he's like, this is nasty. And I thought, wow, said the guy who just ate vomit, um, wow, remind me to not eat that sandwich. It must be really mm -hmm. gross if it... If you think it's gross, I'm. So, right. so, so, so it's one thing, right, to to have to witness that, but then now you're trying to help him out. You're trying to give him some food and and just say, "Hey, we're here to to love on you a little bit." But the food clearly wasn't what he wanted. You know, where do you go from right. there? Right, I, I didn't know what he wanted, and as I uh, I think we alluded to it last week, we would ask people. You know, we get to know them, and as I said last week. Everybody we met, somebody else's ed. So I'm thinking, whose kid is this guy? He's mm -hmm. young, good-looking kid. Um, so I just said, Kyle, what's your story, man? Where, where are you from? And he said, I'm from Irvine, California. And I said, you play any sports? You look pretty athletic. And he said, yeah, I played rugby for some private school. And I said, man, I said, you know, I'm, I'm out here. Steve and I are looking for a, a friend of mine from high school. I'm wondering, do you think anybody's looking for you? And he he. he kind of threw me off guard again and said no nobody so really you seem pretty sure of yourself nobody you don't you don't think a mom or dad's looking for you and he said I don't have a mom and dad so really you know what what does that mean what do you, what I don't understand what's your situation he said I was a foster kid and I said was that difficult and he's he he went silent so I, I, you know, you, you work with teenagers for a while and others, I, I was thrown by the silence. I just said, hey, uh, Kyle, we're, I just went on a hunch. So I asked, were you abused physically or sexually? And he said, he just nodded yes. Wow, that must have been difficult. I mean, if I were in Kyle's situation, I'd really hope that somebody was looking for me. It's one thing to hope something. It's another thing to actually... Um, ever have a comparative example from your life. Mm. If everybody you look to as an adult or maybe a foster parent had been a person who was supposed to love you, as you said, but had abused you and taken uh, advantage of that relationship, um, I, I, I think Kyle was messed up to the point he was willing to say, I would rather be high 
than think about my past because the past is too painful. And when I mm. said those words, he agreed with me. And Steve and I, like I said, I we had no money, but for some reason I just thought of this. I looked on the right and there was a Starbucks on the corner. And so I said, uh, you know, hey, Kyle, um, you want to go get a Starbucks? You want to go get a drink? He said, yeah, that would be awesome. So, he, you know, he chucked his bologna sandwich and we walked over and you know on the way he was pretty fried uh, you know i'd said you know my friend's a meth addict ed's a meth addict and he said um i'm a meth addict i'm a tweaker and i said okay well let's get a coffee and and but on the way to the starbucks which was only about 50 yards walk he kept looking for blunts which are uh, little cigarette butts that people haven't fully finished maybe they got a little bit left on it and he was trying to find those to smoke them i'm like dude why don't you do that after Let's get you coffee. Yeah, so we went into Starbucks. You know, I've seen a picture of Kyle before that you've uh, shared when you were talking about this, and he didn't have any shoes on, no socks, no shirt, just a winter coat and some jeans. How'd that work out for you? Steve kindly said, you know, we didn't have all, all the cleanest clothes in the bag. We had a couple items each, and Steve offered him a shirt. And so he put a shirt on, he had a winter coat, and nobody noticed his bare feet. And so we rolled in, and uh, I was excited actually to use the bathroom because uh, when you're homeless, a lot of the, lot of the local cafes and restaurants uh, don't allow you to use the bathroom unless you buy something. And so they'll have a combination lock. But this time I realized we didn't have money, but I realized I have this Starbucks app on my phone. So I think I'm going to get him a drink with my app. Um, and I didn't why I hadn't thought of that earlier that week, but at this point it seemed kind of a good idea. So I ran into the bathroom because I, I, you know, I told the Starbucks lady, I'm, I'm going to get a drink, but I need the combo. So I used that, came back and sure enough, there's, uh, Steve and Kyle still waiting, but, uh, there was a guy behind us that said, Hey man, you can't button line, no cutting in line. I was like, Hey, um, I was actually in line, but I went to the bathroom on back, excuse me. You know, and this guy, he just, you know, you never meet somebody, Nick, that just annoyed. They're easily annoyed. Oh, yeah. There's, there's plenty of people like that. And it's, it's uh, like you just do what you have to do to move on. <laughs> well, yeah, there's, I guess there's a few options you have with somebody <laughs> like that. He's, uh, he's, he's, he's just kind of insistent. And I said, again, hey, buddy, I was here with them. And he's like, oh, uh, you know, I, well, you're cutting. There's no cutting. I've always said, you know, I was thinking how to deal with him uh, a couple ways, but I, the one that came to my mind was just, uh, I remembered why we're here. Everybody's somebody else's Ed, so I thought I'll be kind to the guy. I said, hey, look, man, you seem inconvenienced, you know, mm -hmm. so why don't I buy you a drink? Mm -hmm. I'll, buy your, I'll buy your coffee. And, you know, his whole demeanor changed. When I offered a free drink, he was just like, oh, no, 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 you don't have to do that. You don't I said, no, seriously, I'll do it. I don't mind buying you a drink. And he's like, oh, no, no. You don't have to. I said, no, look, he said, it's a really expensive drink. I get it kind of a, you know, fancy drink. I said, dude, you know, order your fancy Nancy drink and I'll pay for it. I don't care. So he ordered his little frou-frou drink and I put it on my tab and he, he was very happy then. And we, we got Kyle what he wanted. Now, Kyle telling me he plays rugby from a private school in Irvine, California. He doesn't order. The average, the average homeless guys, I've been getting to know him. They're ordering like a strong black coffee with 13 sugars. You know, it's it's like, uh, give me a little sugar buzz and a, and a big shot of caffeine and I'm good. But Kyle ordered 
he ordered a wealthy kid neighborhood drink. He ordered like this triple macchiato, caramel, extra whip thing. And he knew his drink and he was quite pleased. And uh, so we all got our drinks. I said, hey, buddy, um, is there anything else I can do for you, Kyle? And uh, I, I wasn't sure what he'd say. I thought maybe, you know, ask for money or for a pack of cigarettes rather than smoke all these blunts. And uh, he said, um, what, what, he, what he asked for caught me off guard. He said, can I just have a hug? Oh, that, I mean, that, that just breaks your heart, right? It's, it's somebody just crying out for just affection and relationship. And all this started from just a, a little random act of kindness of let's go get a coffee. And so then what happened? Yes, so good question. I, I actually, I'm looking at Kyle. He's got his new shirt on and everything, but he's still got vomit on his jacket. And it's pretty gross, but I'm, I'm thinking, here's this kid in front of me, 21-year-old, that should have been loved by his parents that he didn't have and should have been loved by the foster parents. And I'm thinking, I'm going to give this kid a hug. So I, I hugged Kyle like he's one of my kids, Murphy or Connor, I, uh, one of my sons. I, and, and it was one of those kind of hugs where you hold it a minute and people are still in line for Starbucks. Now they're staring at us and the dude who we bought a drink for is kind of staring at us and... It was one of those moments where I just thought it was uh, what that kid needed. And he thanked me. He left the coffee shop. And uh, and that was it. Okay, so this is all great. Uh, you know, the story is really touching to me. But how am I supposed to go apply any of this to my life? Yeah, it's a good, great question, Nick. Um, you know, the truth is, uh, you and I pass people, I, I believe, like Kyle. Probably not as extreme as Kyle every day. But we pass people that are thinking about suicide. We, have, we pass people that are... Um, have hor horrific situations from their past or, or present. And we miss it if we don't just uh, stop and put our phones down and ask them about their life and uh, how you doing, what's your story? And maybe it's offering them a free coffee drink if they're having a really rough day and they're taking it out on people around them. But uh, I, th I think there's people around, around us like that on our everyday path of life. Uh, we don't even have to go out of our way to find them, right? Absolutely. So, so, uh, so are you going to tell me some more stories of those people? Uh, you know what? Uh, yeah, but we got to save it for a future podcast and a uh, little, little treat next week uh, with this guy I told you about named Paul um, to introduce Tom. So it, it'll be awesome. Hope you can tune in. Thanks for being with us today, Nick. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. You've been listening to 99 for One, a podcast of real-life stories meant to inspire ordinary people to do extraordinary things that change our world. This podcast is owned and operated by Will Cravens, author of the book 99 for One and founder of the nonprofit Endurance Leadership. Thanks for listening.